Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Happy Thursday, everybody. Have you ever lied to get a job? Turns out Mike McCarthy did, and he admits it. Does the opening press conference dictate how you will perform as a head coach? Does winning the room correlate to winning on the football field? The coaching carousel continues to spin. It's just about to stop one more introductory press conference, one more job open. That's the Cleveland Browns. Home and home. Got it all covered for you. We're radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Speaking of hiring coaches, ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire in 2020. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. A lot to get to today and also some great guests on the program. The Hall of Famer Rod Woodson will join us on the program today to break down the divisional round of the playoffs. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania. Nick Costos joining us as he does every Thursday. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. What's going on, peeps? How are we doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You're sticking. You're, how long can you say Happy New Year? Like, aren't we past that? I mean, I, Prob- I love probably the nice greeting, through the but... weekend. Through the weekend. I still like it. I, and I get a kick out of the channel for the saying it's people and watching them squirm a little bit. So, yeah, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, what, what, if, what if you haven't seen someone? What if I see somebody Monday? That I haven't seen in a few months. Happy New Year. Absolutely. No. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 common courtesy. It's a new year. And also, like, I say it with a smile on my face because I know, like, it's like, I I like to see the looks on people's faces when it's like January 10th and I wish them a happy new year. (laughs) I would do it. You're trolling me. No, I, I think about three, four, five days into the new year and then you're just, we're past it. We're past it, bro. But yo, yo, how, how about this, bro? Who made you the fucking living tribunal, bro? No fucking bro, me. me. I I did, man. I determine how long you can say Happy New Year. Maybe we should ask the freaking viewers. Ask your Twitter followers. They'll weigh in. There's nothing I care less about than what my Happy Twitter followers think. Nothing I care less about than what they think. <laughs> hey, hey, hold on right. a second. Hold on a second. Let me just pause it for a second. Let's go ahead and take that clip of what Nick just said, and I want to post that on social media. There's nothing I care less about than what my Twitter followers think. Now that, that is just good branding and marketing right there. That is how you ingratiate yourself to your audience and really spread. There's nothing I care less about than what you, the people that care about what I think, think. That's amazing. Well, about, well, well to, to clarify about when it, when it's okay to say Happy New Year. Fair, fair or unfair? That's is that not what I said? You would have to include that part for proper context. Uh, no, I don't think so. And when you no. said it, you didn't necessarily say it in the context of Happy New Year. You, it seemed no. like just in general, you don't care what your Twitter followers think. That was a nice backtrack. You'd probably be pretty decent as a head coach at a press conference. But Dave and I are seasoned journalists and reporters, and we're not buying it. You're full of shit. You didn't mean just for Happy New Year. You meant in general, there's nothing you care less about than what your Twitter followers think. That may be true, but it's it's also not what I said. But but I'm not saying it's not true, but it's also not what I said. You did not offer context. There was no context. It was a blanket statement. You step in this. Let me be clear about this. When it comes to this verbal arena, I'm fucking Mike Tyson. So you guys step in this arena with me. You guys are gonna fucking lose. Okay. So don't don't try and play this game with me because you guys you guys will both lose this argument because I will run circles around both you guys in this particular debate. It's not what happened. I'm not even gonna argue it. It doesn't make a difference. That's your knockout punch, Iron Mike. <laughs> we're, 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 we're teammates here. I mean, there, there's only there's only there's no upside. It didn't happen. It's fine. I'm not gonna right. argue. It doesn't make a difference, man. 
I feel like I just got knocked out. I feel like I just got <laughs> I think he, I think Nick Costo swung and missed on that knockout blow. Maybe. But hey, hold on a second. Uh, hold on a second. Maybe, Nick, maybe. Nick, at any point in your life, did you like to like freestyle rap? No. Although I think that there have been points where I feel like I might be decent at it, but like, no, I never, never tried to do that. So I have a buddy that when he drinks enough, he freestyle raps and he's really good. And for whatever reason, maybe it's because you're such a fast talker or whatever. I, for whatever reason, I feel like I could see you being that guy. I, I could see you being that guy that you, you just start, you just start ripping. Well, I don't freestyle rap, but there have been times when, like, when I was like more into hip hop a number of years ago, where I would like go out and drink, and I would like if a song came on that I know all the words to, I would rap the entire song. So like, that I was yeah, kind of known. Doesn't for, like, count. Doesn't count. Not what I'm talking okay. about. No, fair enough. No, I, I don't know. I don't think I have the ability to to freestyle rap. But it, what is that rap song like? What's the one song we could play right now, and you would just bust a well, bust a I, rhyme? What's that rap? There's a lot of them. It's tough to pick one. I, I'm, I, I, once I hear a song a couple times, like I pick the lyrics up pretty quickly. So like, I mean, I could, there's a lot of them. A lot. I know one lot. he could do. I know one he could do. I don't know the name of it, but Jay-Z saying he made the Yankees hat more famous than the Yankees did. Costos Empire, has heard that Empire song 5,000 times. Empire State of Minds. Yeah. Well, who's yeah. going to be my Alicia Keys, Ross? You? Sure. Oh yeah. New York. <laughs> Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. You're nothing without you or something only Close in enough. New York. <laughs> See, now if you were going to freestyle, it would be like, there's tons of garbage on the ground, a homeless person pissing himself. Now you're in New York. New York, New York. New York, New York. I just fucked it up. But you didn't give us any rapping, dude. Um... What are you asking for here? I want. Let's move I want on. To Let's move on. Costos, you're a Giants sycophant. Uh, probably not the right word, but I felt like throwing it out there. Anyway, you like the Giants, okay? Joe Judge, your <laughs> initial great. reaction when you heard the news. Go. His name's not Jason Garrett, and I'm so I roll the dice with it. I'm okay with it. Jason Garrett would have been the, the, <laughs> seriously. Jason Garrett would have been the total disaster of all time. I feel like um. There may not be people that love the hire. There may be people that do love the hire. Here's what here's what I do know about it. He's an unknown. So anyone that wants to criticize it or say it's the greatest hire of all time doesn't know what they're talking about because we don't really know what's going to happen here. I will say that I, I, I prefer the unknown to hiring someone that we know is bad. Like we know Jason Garrett's bad. There's a decade long track record of it. We knew Pat Shermer was bad. There was a track record from it in Cleveland. So it's not like we're hiring a coach that like I say, we, it's not like the Giants hired a coach that like you can actually point to and say, this is a bad hire. I don't know if it's a bad hire or not. And to me, that makes it better than Jason Garrett. Would I rather had Joe Judge over Matt Rule? I don't know. Like, I don't know if Matt Rule is going to be great or not. So I, I, I'm actually, I'm kind of okay with it. I'm kind of okay with the hire. Would you like to have seen your team match the offer? Because Matt Rule gets on the phone with the Giants after David Tepper offers him 70 years, 60 million. He calls the Giants and said, can you match this deal? They say no. Do you feel like they were being cheap? Would you like to have seen them match the deal? Or do you think they had their guy? Well, I mean, if they loved Joe Judge, then no. But I mean, if they loved Matt Rule, then then yeah. I mean, look, I... I don't know if Matt Rule is going to be a good NFL head coach. I mean, I guess people think he's going to. David Tepper thinks making a big bet on it that he's going to be a great head coach. But, I mean, who really knows? But, I mean, if it did come down to money and, like, they loved Matt Rule and he was their number one choice and they wouldn't pay him, then, I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty cheap. I mean, it ain't my money. I don't care if it's, like, the Garrett Cole thing. I don't care that they paid him all that money. It's not my money. I'm a fan. Go pay the guy. But I, my, my, my sense tells me, and, Ross, I would guess that you would agree with me on this, and you're much more connected in the NFL world than me, that the Giants, I'm guessing, were, were cool with the Joe Judge hire, and it wasn't because they got blown out of the water financially by the Panthers. That's what my sense is. I could be wrong. I, I, I don't think that that was – I would agree. I don't think that that was the reason why they didn't go with Matt Rule. Do I think it might have been a factor? Yeah, but I think they really liked Joe Judge. You got to admit this, though, Costos, and we'll get into the press conference in a little bit, but – you would be happier right now, true or false, you would be happier right now if the New York Giants had hired Matt Rule as their head coach. 
No, I, I honestly like I don't I don't think that's the case. I think I'd probably feel the same way. Like that maybe there's more evidence that Rule could be a good head coach because he turned around Temple and Baylor, those two programs that were in the toilet before he got there. So I think you know Rule will probably be a good good head coach, but but we don't know that for a fact. I mean, Judge is coming from the Patriots tree. Coach special teams, which is obviously a huge thing for Belichick. You know, Belichick and others, including John Harbaugh, who's obviously the special teams coach in Philadelphia for a long time before he got a crack with the Ravens, have been bemoaning for a long time, you know, the lack of the fact that special teams coaches aren't getting a, a chance to be head coaches in the league. Like Dave Taub in Kansas City, like how many times have we heard him interviewing for jobs, never got a job. So I, I'm more than okay with the hire. Like it checks off a lot of boxes. Like he apprenticed under Belichick with the Patriots, right? We like that. He apprenticed under Nick Saban at the collegiate level. We really like that. Coach special teams for like one of the great special teams coaches of all time, Bill Belichick, and a guy who values special teams more than anyone, and he's the greatest coach ever. So I think it checks a lot of boxes now when it comes down to it. Is he going to be able to motivate that that team? Is he going to be able to get the most out of the young players? Is he a good game manager? Like to me, that's where Pat Shermer failed. Like I think Shermer is a wonderful offensive coach, going to be a great coordinator, yeah. but he failed when it came to the game management. Like can Joe Judge manage a game? These are all things that we don't know. So I think there's a lot of unknowns still. So I kind of want to let it play out, but like on the surface, again, like it's it's better than Jason Garrett. I would rather have also have him than Josh McDaniel. So I'm okay with it right now. Like I'm going into this higher. Wow, you'd rather have Joe Judge than Josh McDaniels. Well, I think the McDaniel. I think we have to look at context, right? So like McDaniel's, I don't think was ever coming to the Giants because he was never going to work with Gettleman. Like I don't think that would ever happen. Like maybe he's going to take maybe he takes Nick Casario with him or someone else from the Patriots front office with him to his next stop. But why would Josh McDaniels go work? Like he doesn't have to do that. Like at some point he'll get a job and you would think that he's not going to have to work under like a general manager, a lame duck GM who's already there. Also, like McDaniels was a, a, a dumpster fire in Denver. And I know that was a while ago and apparently he's learned from it, but he can't have personnel control. So if he was going to come to the Giants and Gettleman wasn't going to be there, like he puts his puppet in place. I don't have puppet, but like, let's say it's Nick Casario. McDaniels has his hands all over personnel, if that's the case. McDaniels was a disaster with personnel in Denver. And I think like, I know it's been a couple of years since the Indy thing happened, but like, are we really going to discount the fact that he left the Colts at the altar, like took the job and then like pulled the rug out from under them at the end and like screwed all like the coaches that were on that staff. Matt Eberflus had to stay on the staff with Frank Reich. Like it worked out for him, but that could have been a disaster. Like I think, I think the guy gets dinged for that still, even now I'm not saying he should never be a head coach again, but me personally, I'd rather have judged than McDaniel. So go ahead, Dave, go ahead, Dave. No, well, look, I have a theory that I, I think you should feel good because I have a theory that Bill Belichick's the one that told them to hire Joe Judge. There's no way you hire Joe Judge without calling Bill Belichick. He's his number one uh, source. So clearly they asked him to weigh in on this conversation. And I think he's the one that told them Joe Judge is the guy you want. I don't think there's such thing as a Bill Belichick coaching tree. You mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, it looks like what, Flores what will be a, a good head coach. Well, look. You can't learn from Bill Belichick. You can't learn from genius. Belichick doesn't understand other people, and other people don't understand Belichick. You can't learn from a freaking genius like that guy. That's why there hasn't been a coaching tree. Matt Patricia's been awful. Bill O'Brien's been okay. Yeah, he gets to the playoffs, but doesn't look like a guy that's going to get them over the top. Brian Flores looks good, but it's early. For the most part, the coaching tree has been a disaster. It seems to me maybe Joe Judge is the one guy that Bill Belichick feels like he can communicate with. And that's why I think you might actually feel pretty good about this. There's no way they hire judge over Patricia without Belichick, at least pushing them in that direction. You meant, you meant McDaniels, but um, not Patricia, but here's my question yes, as we're talking here. How would you feel if you're a Panthers fan about Matt rule or his agent? It was his agent calling the giants. Like if you're a Panthers fan, you just look at that and say, like, dude, I would do the same thing. It's called leverage. It's a negotiation. You know, call the Giants, see if they'll match it, see if they'll offer more. Or as a Panthers fan, are you like, you know what? He, he really didn't want to come here. Like, deep down, he really would have preferred to go to the Giants. I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of a Panthers fan and wondering how I would feel. Or maybe I just don't give a shit. Maybe we're just overanalyzing it. But... On some level, that's what I would be talking about if I were a Panthers fan. I think it's a strong question to ask. Um, you know, fan is short for fanatic. So I think we take like, uh, and look, like I grew up like an insane New York sports fan who was oftentimes without logic and reason, only cared about my team, hated every other team blanket. So I think that, you know, if, if people take a step back as fans, which is difficult for fans to do, like Ross, like, I mean, 
you got a million Twitter followers or whatever, man, and like you tweet about the NFL all the time. I am guessing you get a ton of stupid tweets from NFL fans who are just, it doesn't mean they're stupid, but like they're stupid in the way they view their team. Like it's tribalism, right? It's almost like, it's like a, it's like a being political one way or another and just like sticking to one side and not caring about what anyone else, like it's like your side is the best no matter what. That's how a lot of sports fans operate. So I think if sports fans kind of divorce themselves from like the fandom part of it and say, okay, this is a human being here. He wants to make the most money possible. Maybe he'd rather coach in New York than Carolina. I think if you're a Panther fan, you maybe have a right to be a little annoyed by that. But if you look at it just as from the yeah. human standpoint, like who wouldn't do that? Who wouldn't do that? Try and get more money potentially. So, But to your point, kind of that's, at it. that's not how fans look at it. I did spend some time on WFNZ in Charlotte and WFAN in New York after that report came out and pretty universally not giants fans and Panthers fans seemed pissed off about the fact that he asked the giants to match it and felt like, well, then he's all about the money. No, like that, that is a basic business move. Anyone who has their, their wits, their mind about them should realize that's the play right there. Um, but the question is Joe judge introduced today. No idea what this guy sounds like. No idea what the press conference will sound like. But does it even matter? I think it matters an awful lot. Matt Rule made me want to run Dumb. through a fucking wall yesterday. I think you can't. Look, I think there is a strong correlation between winning the room, between commanding in a press conference, and between how you succeed as a head coach. With the notable exception of Bill Belichick, Generally speaking, good head coaches are good at the microphone. And when you look at a lot of the worst coaches in the league and some of those that have been fired, Shermer and Garrett and Kitchens, a lot of those bad coaches underperform at their microphone. I think there's a pretty strong correlation. I'm guessing you guys disagree. Uh, Ross, true or false? And I know the answer to this question because I know you, Ross. Is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard, what Dave just said? No, no. it's not. I I I I think I don't know if it's the dumbest thing, but I think it's up there. Explain why. Because like who like Rex Ryan never lost a press conference. Who cares? Like you got to win football games. Like I know what you're saying. Like if a guy's oh, like, oh, 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 hold, media, hold, like, hold a second, hold a second, hold a second. Are you talking about the Rex Ryan that went to the AFC Championship game back to back years and won four road playoff games with Mark Sanchez as his quarterback? And, and got, and, and got fired in in two places, and and currently and currently doesn't have a job. I'm not saying everybody he's a bad coach. gets fired. Everybody gets fired eventually, and he never well, had a top twenty quarterback. He never a top twenty quarterback. Winning the press conference to me as a fan means absolutely nothing. Go out there and win some football games. Like, look, you don't want to be rude to the media and ask like and act like and, and and give dumb like Freddie Kitchen struck me as like dumb. Like that that's not gonna fly, obviously, but winning the press conference means very little to me. Like go out there and win and win football games. That's what matters to me as a sports fan. I don't it, it mean it literally means nothing to me how he does in the press conference. Guess what? This is awesome. This is perfect because you're both wrong. Okay? Somebody that says it means a lot is as wrong as someone that says it means nothing. It definitely matters. You know, how you conduct yourself in front of the media and to your fans, especially in an introductory press conference, is a decent indicator of how you'll be able to handle a room of football players and your leadership skills among the entire organization. So to say it doesn't matter at all, I, I, think, I think you, Nick, are worse than Briggs. To say, Briggs, you make it sound like it's the most important thing in the world. I think that's a stretch, but I think it's closer to that than it is doesn't mean anything at all. Because how a guy conducts themselves, handles themselves in front of a group of people, that's a big part of the job. I mean, a big part of the job is getting a group of people to buy into what it is that you are espousing, what you are preaching, what you are talking about. Matt Rule killed it. You can see how Matt Rule had success at Temple and Baylor, and Temple and Baylor kids being like, oh, hell yeah. And the coaching staff, and the equipment guy, and the video dude, and the trainers. Yeah, he can play. Whatever you say, coach, he can play. Whatever. It matters. I don't think it's as big a deal as you think it is, Dave, but I think, Costos, you are way off, and I don't really believe that you feel that way. If Judge is a joke today, 
and is choking over his words, or he's like Adam Gase watching the butterfly go around <laughs> while he's sitting there, you're going to freak out. Yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Mike just got knocked the fuck out again. Yeah, the throw Buster Douglas. Punch yeah, back. Like, uh, I got nothing to throw. He knocked me out. That's it. I may have overestimated my ability. <laughs> if Joe Judge, like, so, and I would say this. Don't you guys feel like it's especially the case for a first-time head coach and or a guy we don't know much about? Like, we don't know much about Joe Judge. If he goes up there and he's like, yeah, I just, um, I think we're going to be a good team. Like, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, holy shit. Oh. Now, by the way, by the way, with Gettleman and Mara and all these people and all these sources saying it was by far the best presentation they've ever seen in an interview. I don't think that's going to be the case. And based on what I've heard of Joe Judge and where he's from, I think he's going to be a pretty good talker. There are certain places in the world where a lot of good talkers come from there. Philadelphia is one of them, especially <laughs> where he's from in Philadelphia. Like, let's be honest, part of it is being a bullshitter, right? I mean, part of it is being able to get up there and bullshit Joe Judge, I think he's going to bullshit. Matt Rule, Matt Rule grew up in Roosevelt Island. He grew up going to bars when he was 12. He didn't even need a fake ID. He just talked his way in. You know what I mean? Like that, like that shit matters. Dude, and, and Matt Rule, and we're going to play this for you later in the show, gave me the rare football boner. I mean, if you haven't heard this soundbite from Matt Rule, you're missing the greatest thing that's happened in sports. I mean, I, I, I almost... Had a tear. I got a Did football boner. I wanted to run through a wall. I absolutely finished. And here's the cool. thing, Ross. You just made my point. You weren't arguing middle of the road. You just made the case that a group of men of all races, shapes, sizes, and colors need to buy into the message that that coach is preaching. But it's more than that. Because it's also how much rope you get, whether you like it or not, from the media and from the fans. And what buys you a little bit of rope is commanding that room, is being likable behind their microphone. Adam Gase is up there, not just the butterflies. He's saying, I'm rich as fuck. What was that, a week or two ago? Adam Gase has no rope left. He didn't left. say that. He didn't say that. What exactly was there's the a, thing there's a, there's, there's a report from Manish Mehta that behind the scenes, that's what he says. And guess what? If I was Adam Gase and people were criticizing me behind the scenes, you know, I would say to my buddies from high school, I don't give a shit. I'm rich as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, no, you I mean, no, you, I, you know what? You know what? No, to you some of my buddies, I to some of my buddies privately, I might be like, dude, what's the worst thing can happen? Like these people criticize me and, and uh, Christopher Johnson fires me. Whatever. Dude, he owes me four more years. I'm not, I'm not Correct. like that worried about it. And by the uh -huh. way, and by the way, and by the way, you would say that too, Dave, privately. Like if they fire, but that's also something that you say. I think if you're a little insecure, like I would never fucking say that, ever. I would never put value on my accomplishments, and and I'll never be rich as fuck. But I would never, not privately, not publicly, not with my best friend, not drunk, not stoned, would not say it. You're wrong, and neither would you. I would. <laughs> Would you really? No, you wouldn't. I, I think I probably would. Yeah, I mean, in the situation that Gase is in, I probably would, yeah. Do you feel like, though, do you feel like, though, that is also on some level something somebody says when it does bother them and they're trying to make it sound like it doesn't bother them or they're trying, they're insecure and they're trying to feel better about themselves and in the back of their mind, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll get fired. Maybe the Jets fans don't like me. But even if that happens, I'm making a shitload of money. I'm rich as fuck. Like, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that might be uh, on some level like a crutch or a defense mechanism for Gase. But my guess is I don't think he really cares that much. And if I were a Jets fan, it would absolutely infuriate me. My guess is he doesn't really care that much because he's probably thinking like, okay, like, you know, team doesn't like, and he's also probably like, my quarterback had fucking mono. Like, I didn't want to work with the GM. The GM did all this shit that I didn't want to do. 
we still won six. We still won seven and nine and six and one down the stretch of the season. Fuck them. I'm rich as fuck. Whatever. He probably feels like fuck these people to a degree because he probably got a little bit of an unfair rap this year. And I think objectively we can say that sucks with the media, sure. But I think actually did an okay job this year as far as you know all things considered. I think he was okay. He probably doesn't really care that much. Probably like fuck man, they fire me. I got a good life. My house all is right. badass. I got a lot of money. Who cares? Uh, again, I, I think if you value your accomplishments based on dollars. You, you're not my kind of guy. Don't believe either of you uh, would say that. But let's get to the most important subject, which is I I used make us no some money, fucking now money. Now I do, so fuck that. Yes. Man. Well, get me money. rich as fuck, dude. Get me rich as fuck. Win me some money this weekend on the divisional round. Does anything stand out from this weekend's slate four games? Um, Can I... I want to ask Ross a question, if that's okay. Because... Yep. And get his... Ross, I think the best bet of the entire weekend, and we'll talk about this this weekend on You Better You Bet when we do the shows from Chicago, across intercom stations across the country and on the radio.com. I think the best bet this weekend, and I think that people are kind of missing it, like football-wise as far as the matchups are concerned. Um, when I first looked at the total in the Titans-Ravens game on Saturday night, it opened at 48 and a half. My first thought was, okay, I would open this at 44, 44 and a half. It seemed like it was way too high. Then we had one of our favorite odds makers on, Dave Sharapin from CG Technology in Vegas. He told us he thinks the best bet of the weekend is over the total. Then we had some pro bettors on, and they're talking about all the matchups that like that they think you know Titans are going to be able to run it on the on the Ravens defense, and they can maybe hit play action down the field, which is what Tannehill's good at. And on the other side, like Tennessee might be good at stopping the run, but their secondary is terrible. I actually think this is a game where Lamar could have fireworks throwing the football, especially to Mark Andrews. Titans can't defend the opposing tight end. I think the matchups kind of dictate here. I think this game's going to go way over the total. Like, it's currently 46 and a half. Like, I think the Ravens could easily hit 35 by themselves in this game, 30 to 35, and then you don't need that much from Tennessee to get this game over the total. Ross, I think that's my favorite play on the board, over 46 and a half, Baltimore and Tennessee. What do you think about that? I think one of my favorite plays on the board is under 47. So... <laughs> I don't agree. Okay. <laughs> I don't agree. Uh, so so here was what I would say is in your favor. So, by the way, Nick, I think both teams are going to run the football a lot. I think Vrabel is going to try to shorten the game. Uh, and I think – I don't know if this is in your favor or not. I'll explain, and then you guys can analyze. The Titans are the only team in the AFC playoffs that did not already play the Ravens this year. We've talked about this before. My belief that when you play the Ravens, especially early in the game, especially the first time, it's almost like going against Army or Air Force or Navy. Like, you haven't seen it. You tried to do a good job with it in scout team that week, but your scout team was shitty. You don't have Lamar Jackson. I mean, Eric Weddle, 35 years old, was saying he didn't know where the ball was half the time. And I think it hurts the Titans that this is their first time going against it, as opposed to like the Chiefs or the Patriots or even the Texans who already played them once. So I think that enables the Ravens to get a lead. And I think it enables the Ravens to be able to run the ball on the Titans. Now, do you look at that and say, Okay, sweet. That means the Ravens score a couple quick touchdowns. Because that's what happens, so, though, because they're going to score 35 then like they did on the Rams, Ross, because that's kind of what I'm thinking. If they have success running right, the ball, so, so, that but, correlates but to my, seven usually. Right, So, but what I'm saying is do you look at that and say the Ravens are going to be able to run the ball in the Titans, so that keeps the clock moving and keeps it going, or do you look at that and say Ravens are going to be able to score points early on the Titans, and then maybe the Titans start throwing it, because they're down 17 to 7 or 14 3 or whatever it is. You know, you can go either way on that. I do think both teams are going to try to run the football. I don't think the Titans are going to have Tannehill throwing it all over Mar around Marcus Peters and Humphrey. I think Vrabel's old school. I think Arthur Smith's a former offensive lineman. And I think they're going to try to run the ball right down the Ravens' throat and think that that's their best chance to win the game. Although I will say this, I talked to Greg Cosell this morning, which I thought was really interesting. The NFL films guru. It was awesome. And he said, yeah. Ross, the Patriots basically let the Titans run the ball. He said it was almost like the Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills, where they let Thurman Thomas run. And they said, we're not going to let them get big chunk plays in the passing game to Andre Reed and James Lofton. 
I think Belichick thought, you know what? Henry can run, but they're not going to get a lot of points that way. We're not going to let A.J. Brown get a big chunk play or Jonu Smith down the seam. And the Titans threw the ball for 72 yards. And yes, Derrick Henry ran over them. They scored 14 points. They scored 14 points. And they had to score both times in the red zone to even get those 14 points. It could have easily been less than that. So I thought that was really interesting. A lot of two deep safety looks saying, we're not giving you the big play to A.J. Brown like the Dolphins and like the Bills had gotten against them the two weeks earlier. Yeah, All right. Great point. Um, he, he did uh, offer a strong counter there. Uh, like Chiefs, Texans. Kansas City is a nine and a half point favorite. That is a huge spread come postseason. Can they cover it? Um, yeah, I, I think this game's really hard because here's what my gut tells me. It's too many points for Deshaun Watson. Um, I think the Chiefs, especially with Andy Reid off the bye. Andy Reid off the bye. He dominates Andy Reid off the bye. Will Brinson and I made that song up like four years ago. We sing oh. it all the time. Um, so like the, 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 the they, look, look, the Chiefs are, they're going to put up a number in this game, right? Is it possible that they win the game by 17 points short? Sure. Here's what makes me nervous, though. Deshaun Watson's going to be able to backdoor to this at some point. Like, the spread is huge. The spread is double digits. That's what makes me nervous here. And I know that maybe, like, the quote-unquote, like, sharp play is the Kansas City Chiefs. I get it. Off the bye. I don't think the Texans are that good. It generally takes this offense time to get going. We don't know what Will Fuller's status is going to be. Even if he plays, is he just going to be a decoy? There are a lot of things we don't know. What I can tell you is it makes me very nervous as a gambler thinking of Deshaun Watson down by, let's say, 14 points with two minutes to go, leading them down the field, not to try and send the game to overtime or win the game, but to get in through the back door. So that's what makes me nervous about this one. I think it's very tough to call. Um, I don't know if this is a cop-out or not, but I don't know if I'm ready to give like a firm pick on this game. Like I kind of want to see what the final injury report looks like um, Looks like tomorrow. All right, games, we haven't mentioned it all. Vikings, Niners, Seahawks, Packers, anything jump out from those two? Um, the Viking, Ross, I, th I think this is, I don't know if you, Dave, if you agree, I think this is the NFC championship game. Like, I think the winner of this game will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, whether it's the Niners Agreed. or the Vikings. I, I would take either Agreed. one of these teams against either one of the teams that are playing on Sunday, even if Minnesota has to go on the road to Seattle or to Green Bay. So I think this is like a do. monumental, a monumental opening game for divisional weekend. I think these are the two best teams remaining in the NFC. I like Minnesota to cover this spread, and I think the Vikings are live in this game. Now, here's what makes me really nervous, Ross, and I, and I will, full disclosure, um, I bet the Vikings plus seven this weekend. Um, after they beat the Saints, basically, when the number got hung, I bet the Vikings plus seven on Sunday. When the Thielen news came out yesterday, I bought out of my bet. So I bet I bet Niners minus seven. So I'm going to probably come back in on Minnesota at some point here. But the Thielen news makes me nervous. If if Thielen's not 100% with the stitches that he apparently got in his ankle at practice yesterday on Wednesday, that it kind of changes things how I feel about this game a little bit. Because I do think the Vikings are going to need their full complement of weapons in the passing game in order to to maybe make this, to make this one happen. Because I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Um, I think the Vikings are live, like I said. So I'm going to end up taking Minnesota, assuming Thielen's going to be out there. Probably even if Thielen doesn't play, I'll probably still bet the Vikings. But I did want to buy out of my bet just to get more information on this. And I do think it goes under the total, even though the total's moved a couple points, 46 down to the key number of 44. I think this is like a 20 to 17 game either way. And if I had to pick which quarterback I trust more in this game, Cousins or Garoppolo, I think I trust Kirk Cousins more after what we saw last week. And Garoppolo's had to make his first playoff start. So I think winner of this game goes to the Super Bowl. Vikings have a chance to win. I'll take the Vikings getting the seven points. And the Seahawks-Packers game, this is um whatever you guys want to call it, the fraud ball the luck bowl. I can't believe that these are two of the four teams left standing in the NFC. The Packers are the single most fraudulent 13 and three team in the history of the national football league. This is like a nine and seven team masquerading as a 13 and three team. I can't believe they have a buy and the Seahawks are also fraudulent 11 and five. And you have to give them credit nine and one on the road this season or eight and one on the road. Now um, after the win last week in Philadelphia, this team is also not as good as their 11 and five. Now 12 and five record would indicate given the fact that I don't think either of these teams are that great. It leads me to take the points. I don't feel great about it but I'll take the four points with Seattle. And I think the Seahawks have a chance to win the game outright with some Russell Wilson magic. And even though I've killed Pete Carroll throughout the season, because like him and Schottenheimer had this antiquated you know, way they go about coaching the offense here, I trust Pete Carroll more than I trust Matt LaFleur Sunday in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. So I'll take those four points with the Seahawks on Sunday. So, Nick, um, Saturday on You Better You Bet, we'll talk about this more when I'm on your show. But... I agree with you. I think the Chiefs are going to destroy the Texans, but 
I can totally see they're they're down 17 and Deshaun Watson or whatever gets a late touchdown and two-point conversion. Um, that's going to happen. I love the Vikings getting the seven points. Love the Vi- I mean, I think the Vikings are really good. I think they I got agree. the momentum going now in their favor. The Niners kind of limped to the finish at the end there. Uh, I think the Vikings might win that game outright. And the, the Packers-Seahawks was a stay away for me. Um, I, I If I had to pick, I'd go with the Seahawks getting the four points because Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the sport of football, period. And clearly the better quarterback in that matchup, which you don't see You're very right. often You're against right. Aaron Rodgers. We do have to get your thoughts, Nick, since we won't talk to you again before it. Monday night, LSU Clemson. Last I saw was LSU laying five or five and a half. I think it's at six. Um, let me check right here because I literally have it up in front of me right now, and I will tell you what the line of the game is. It is load, you son of a bitch. Okay, I've got five is, and uh, a half, yeah, five 69 and a half. and a half point over under. Nice. Where are you leaning? Um, I think, and and I'll tell you what I think, and then I'll tell you what actual experts think. I think the game should be a pick em. I think the spread is crazy. I get why LSU is favored because of Burrow and all the hype and because they annihilated Georgia and then like vaporized Oklahoma off the face of the earth in, in this college football semifinal. I get why LSU is favored, but like I think that we are really looking past an excellent Clemson team. It is by far the best defense that LSU's offense is going to see. That doesn't mean that LSU can't put up points in the game, and I like the over, so I, I am heavily invested. I actually think that I've got – I bet a lot of money recklessly on the Rams one weekend during the season, um, the Sunday night game against Seattle. This is my biggest college football bet monetarily of the season is Clemson getting the points in the national championship game again. I think the line is literally like four or five points off here. I had Clemson a chance to win the game. It's a six-point spread. This is a no-doubt, no-brainer take the points with Clemson here. So for me, it's, it's, it's easy. It's Clemson or it's nothing. And I also think the game goes over the total. I think both teams will score points. And in the end, even if Clemson doesn't win the game, even if LSU wins like a field goal game, you cover. I love, love Clemson on Monday. I like Clemson more than I like any game this weekend in the NFL. Ross, do you agree? Wow. No, I don't. I mean, I, I'd probably go Clemson now that it's up to six. I just think it's LSU's year. I think it's LSU's time. I think it's very difficult to win back-to-back. It just doesn't happen very often. The Superdome is going to be going bonkers. Uh, I just think I just think it's LSU's year. I think LSU wins the game. The question is by how much. I actually think the game is pretty properly lined. All right. I like the over. I like LSU to cover. I, I, I just don't think anyone can slow down three NFL-caliber wide receivers. Uh, Chase... Jefferson, Marshall, unstoppable. Nick Costos, oh, good to Ross see you, my Higgins friend. Are, Ross and Higgins are pretty good on the other side. Pretty too. good. Pretty good. But do you have the defensive backs to slow those three down? Hey, well, you, you well, have been against just, LSU just, me, a number of times. A number of true. times to cover. That is true. And it hasn't worked out well for you. That is, that, is, that is true. There's no doubt about it. So maybe I get burned again. I really, though, again, I think the line is way – maybe I'll be wrong. I think the line's way off on this game, like four to five points off. Four to five points off. So this is an easy Clemson bet for me. And even if it doesn't come through, I'm satisfied with the process that went into my bet pregame. So even if it doesn't work out, I'm still okay. Hey, that and right there, right there is why. That is not a loser's lament. Right there is why Nick would be good as a head coach in his introductory press conference. Because he'd say, win or lose, I will be satisfied with the process that my team goes through every week preparing every small detail to get ready for this opponent. And everybody's like, oh, Gucci Costos, I would give the greatest opening press conference of all time if I were an NFL coach. Can can you give us a glimpse at that? No. Every time you have an opportunity. Come on, you can't inspire us 30 seconds. Why would you make a great head coach? Why, Why did you like this job? If um, I'm a reporter, I'm asking you the question. Why this um is job? Good, um is a good start. Good start with the um. You know what I would say? I don't care. I'm rich as fuck. <laughs> Fair enough. I just like well that said. I, 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 I just like that I announced myself as Mike Tyson, and then Ross knocked me out with like with one punch in the one debate that hey, we had on the show. Hey, today. hey, how great would it be? How great would it be, by the way, if a, if like Matt Rule went to the went to the the microphone and said, "Do you guys realize?" If I got fired tomorrow, 
I still get seventy-two million dollars. They'd be paying me. They'd be paying me in twenty twenty-seven. They'd still be paying me. God bless you. You guys realize that? Look, you know what would be an awesome press conference if a guy was like, "Look, we're gonna try and win games, but the bottom line here is even if we don't, I'm getting seventy-two million dollars." And you know what? I'm from I'm from New York, and I went to State College, high school, played for Penn State. If the Panthers suck, you know, it's really not that big a deal to me. I'm not a pan I'm a Giants fan. I'm not even a Panthers fan. So what do I care? I care about the $72 million. We just flew here on a private plane. That's the rest of my life. The whole rest of my life is private plane, private plane, private plane. <laughs> and he used to be a fry cook at Chili's. So that would be the ultimate line. Hell, Mike McCarthy admitted he lied. To get the job. That was one of my favorite comments of the opening remarks for the Cowboys new head coach admitting he lied, did not watch every offensive snap of the top 10 teams as he told reporters and he told Jerry Jones fucking admitting you lied to get a job in your opening press conference. That shows some cojones. Nick Costos, check him out. You better. You bet. Appreciate the betting advice and maybe you're like late career mike tyson you know you're kind of yeah gained no, i some wouldn't weight even say that and... i'm stumbling i'm stumbling around i'm getting ko'd by, by the, the front by, i get knocked up by hit by a feather and i'm going down i will say matt rule that the chili's point like used to be a line cook do you think like he had like he's in like the limo with his agent he's got like his hand in his pants like his hands on his dick and he's like call the giants Tell see if they'll match. See if they'll give me more. Like let's, let's, let's go. Let's get this money. Let's get let's get more money. Good for him, man. His life set forever, whether they win or lose. He is rich as fuck. He doesn't care. Um, I pre and even though I said my followers don't care. Yeah, I still I still don't care. I still I was, I was gonna I still don't care. But I care what you guys think. Thank you very much for having me on. Best of luck this weekend, Ross. Can't wait to talk to you Saturday on You Better You Bet live from Chicago. Let's what do time? it. Um, I don't know. We'd have to ask you live. Ten twenty four. And here's uh, yeah, and in, AM Eastern time. And in terrestrial radio, you are bound to that clock. So Ross, we will talk to you at 10:24 Eastern on Saturday morning sharp. That is correct. Awesome. See you, dude. All right, All cool. right brother. Bye. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the divisional round. All right, coming up, we're going to talk to the man who honed the skills of Tua Tagovailoa, and that's not all. He also made Marcus Mariota great, and you might find. A wealth of football talent in Hawaii at the quarterback position because of one man. We talked to him. We'll hear from him next. Also, the Hall of Famer, Rod Woodson from the Steelers and Ravens. He won a Super Bowl. Will this Ravens team win another Super Bowl? We'll hear from Rod ahead here on Home and Home. But first, ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. They don't stop there. That's the beauty. They have powerful matching technology. I don't know how they got it. They got it. And they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Very excited to be joined by our next guest. He is Vince Passis. And what's really cool about this is that I have heard of him and the success that he's had a month ago from the actual Hawaii coaches. And now I get a chance to talk to him here on Home and Home. Vince, it's Ross Tucker. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, so I don't ever remember, Vince, growing up hearing about quarterbacks coming from Hawaii until the last 10 years or so with guys like Marcus Mariota, Tua Tungavailoa, and, of course, Shevin Cordero, who's playing for Hawaii now, and I called their game. We'll get into that a little bit later. And everyone I talk to points to you. 
You're the reason. What? What is it in the water? What have you done, Vince, to get all these stud quarterbacks out of Hawaii? Uh, you know, I've uh, been really blessed uh, beyond what I deserve. And uh, I'm just, uh, you know, so uh, um, hungry and humbled uh, to get better and just try to make people around me uh, better, you know. And the good Lord has blessed me with uh, all of these uh uh, young quarterbacks that have come through that are gifted and you know I, I thank the good lord for sending them my way and just make sure that hey you don't mess them up uh, just make sure you take care <laughs> of them and i've tried to do my best there well it's funny because uh, i was literally in meetings around thanksgiving weekend talking with the hawaii coaches about chevin cordero their quarterback and saying what is the deal with all these Hawaii quarterbacks? And they said, there is a very good quarterback at quarterback coach at St. Louis High School. I can't remember. I think they said your name, Vince, but I wasn't like writing down their, your name. But I think they said your name and they said there's a very quarter, good quarterback coach at St. Louis High School who has made a huge difference. Now, I guess my question is, was Mariota – the first one that you worked with that got a lot of recognition or had success, or was there someone that actually predated him? Yeah, there was a, a long, uh, there's a lineage of uh, quarterbacks that uh, have come through, um, you know, our program. Um, you know, uh, I think like uh, Darnell Arsenal, who uh, uh, went on to uh, Utah, um, Jason Gesser uh, over at Washington State. And then uh, a one-time uh, NC2A uh, record holder, uh, Timmy Chang, you know, all preceded, you know, Marcus and, um, and Tua. And in fact, uh, we had three of those uh, quarterbacks play on the same Saturday, starting for a Division One football program, you know, from our school. I mean, I thought that was a, a pretty uh, remarkable achievement from our program. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's amazing. And what's interesting, Vince, is there's a lot of quote-unquote quarterback whispers out there now, quarterback gurus all across the country. Quite frankly, anywhere I go, there's some guy in that area who's the quarterback guru, the quarterback whisperer, uh, which makes me a little bit skeptical at times, especially when you start to see what they're charging. And that's okay. I get it. Like There's a market for anything else. But your deal is that it's not really something you're trying to make a profession, that you're a real estate agent and you do this just because you love it. Is that correct? Uh, yes, sir. I, um, you know, I just try my best to uh, help uh, uh, get the next generation um, ready. Uh, you know, uh, the ones that have uh, uh, worked with in the past, they've, uh, they've gone on to uh, bigger and better things and you know, uh, just try to help them through uh, that period of their lives and uh, get them ready uh, for the next level. And, um, you know, getting the next generation ready uh, for uh, their achievements, um, you know, in high school and division one or college, uh, just trying to help them uh, get that uh, discounted education, you know, at the next level. And, uh, and unfortunately there'll be a handful of them that will uh, make it into uh uh, the NFL. So when did you start working with Tua and when did you know he was special? Tua is about like when he was, uh, gosh, uh, eight, nine years old. Uh, he used to come to our camps and, uh, um, throw with, uh, you know, with, uh, the high school guys. Um, you know, he would leave his, uh, uh, age group, and uh, throw with the high school guys. And, you know, Marcus was one of them uh, that kind of took him under his wing. And, you know, the high school guys trying to chase him away because, um, you know, this nine-year-old kid's dropping dimes and, you know, throwing <laughs> the ball, um, you know, right under the chin of uh, the receivers and, you know, uh, and, you know, throwing the ball into the wind with the spin that he has on the ball and how the ball just jumps out of his hand and, you know, for guys to throw after him, uh, you know, it was pretty embarrassing because, you know, for a young kid like this to be, 
you know, uh, you know, with the accuracy that he's had, I mean, it's lost. It's like a gift, uh, you know, from God, you know, that uh, he's had this ability at this age. And for where he is right now, um, doesn't even, you know, surprise me to see, um, you know, the success that he's been having. So you knew right away he was a prodigy and you knew right away when you first saw him throwing a football that he was different. Yes, he definitely was. He was like, you know, years ahead of his age group. Um, you know, for him to, at that age, to compete with the uh, high school um, quarterbacks, um, that's I, that's pretty amazing, you know. And they all try to chase him away, you know, and, you know, he refused to, you know, run away. And, you know, Marcus just kept him under his wing and says, you know, hey, you'll be all right, just follow me. And, you know, uh, he was able to, to tough it out through all those um, camps that we used to have. And, you know, he's just uh, he's just a one-of-a-kind uh uh, um, athlete. Um, he's just like a, you know, a real gift from God. I got two more for you. Uh, the first one is how did you learn all this stuff, Vince? Like, how did you learn enough to be the guy that teaches all these guys, Mariota and Tua? Well, where did you play? What did you learn? How does a guy in Hawaii become the quarterback whisperer? Well, um, I was fortunate to, um, you know, get my first uh, coaching job from um, from our coach at St. Louis, Cal Lee. He's a legend in uh, in himself, uh, you know, uh, winning, being a part of uh, his staff and winning, you know, 15 consecutive state uh, uh, titles. And, you know, we've just added uh, four more consecutive ones here, uh, um, you know, going to football clinics. And uh, probably um, one gentleman that really uh, helped me and oh, or just kind of uh, uh, made a, uh, uh, a stamp on, on what I was doing because we were teaching the same things, but he used different words and different uh, techniques uh, or way to teach it anyway. Uh, Tom Martinez, uh, he was uh, uh, Tom Brady's uh, personal quarterback coach when Tom was 12 years old and helped him through you know, college and, and, and the pros and God bless his soul. He, he passed away a couple of years ago, but um, I used to do, you know, a bunch of camps with him and just to be around him uh, and, you know, listen to the way, you know, he, uh, he teaches and, you know, I, you know, uh, know that I was on the same page with him and I, I just needed to use maybe, different words or, or, or different ways about getting our message across. And, uh, um, you know, he's been a real big part of, uh, of, of what I do. And, you know, I thank the good Lord for having our paths cross and uh, just being a part of uh, someone successful like that, that have, you know, uh, have tutored and teached, um, you know, some of the greats like John Elway was one of his students and, you know, Tom Brady being, you know, one of the guys uh, that he's uh, worked with, um, you know, made, made a believer in me uh, to, to believe in the, the stuff that we're teaching and we're on the right track. And then my last question is, what is the list and line like to be the quarterback at St. Louis High School in Honolulu these days? I mean, you probably got every oh. kid and their brother in the whole, all the islands coming there I mean, what do you have, 27 quarterbacks on the roster and you have a tryout to see who the best one is? I mean, at, <laughs> at this point with this success, everybody's got to be trying to be the quarterback in St. Louis. Well, well, honestly, uh, we've had about 26 quarterbacks that have left our system in the last um, four years uh, for one reason or another where, you know, they, they couldn't play or needed more playing time. Um or financially, uh, they couldn't afford to uh, to stay in our school, and and uh, or uh, dad, mom, and dad had a job transfer to another state and um, had to leave. But you know, um, gosh, I miss all of them. Um, but you know, there's only one that could play at a time, you know, and then the ones that really, you know, hang in there and and, and tough it out and and compete every day. Uh, it only helps them, you know, for uh, college uh, or the next level, 
you know, because in the next level, they'll, they'll be competing with five, six, seven quarterbacks that are really good. And, you know, for the ones who stick it out in our program, uh, you know, really, uh, uh, have a better uh, uh, understanding of, of what to expect when you go to the next level. I mean, some of these guys, they started all their lives from when they were kids. And, um, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not playing, you know, you get homesick really fast. But, uh, you know, for guys who tough it out in our system um, has really, uh, you know, made it a good transition going on to uh, to college, like how, you know, Marcus, you know, has uh, has done through his career. Vince, pleasure to get a chance to talk with you with all the success that you've had and all of your students have had. And it was cool to get a chance to talk with you after the Hawaii coaches, Rolovich and the guys were just talking about you a month ago. Congrats on all the success and the way you do it from the goodness of your heart. Really, really special, really cool. Thank you so much for coming on Home and Home. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate you. Fantastic. Uber drivers going to the bathroom in your house. Not exactly fantastic. Cleveland Browns still not having a head coach. Are they in a good position or in a bad position? We'll get into both of those as well as talk to Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. How does he feel about them letting 15 extra guys in this year? Does that water down what he's accomplished a little bit? We'll get into all of that. But first, Dave. Dave. Uh, I guess uh, I guess a word from Zip Recruiter, brother. But uh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. That was amazing. That is the social clip that we should post. Get, step into my office because you're fired. And I'm going to hire somebody else at ZipRecruiter because they send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, host of a nationally syndicated uh, digital program, Home and Home. You're the lead host. You'll have an awesome co-host named Ross Tucker. They don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to this job as my future co-host who pays attention. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one <laughs> and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners, or maybe just my listeners, can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. And by the way, before I tell you that ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire, I'm laughing because Dave and I and our producers, we have a little instant message system that we go and we correspond with each other during the show. And I thought that it was going to be Dave's turn to tell you guys about ZipRecruiter. Um, and I don't know what happened there, but the noise, the noise of this. Knowing that, knowing that guy got Dave off guard. Usually our laughter is two-sided, but I don't find <laughs> No, it's Dave. Dave, that could be me 10 out of 10 times. And it's not, it's just the fact that it was like, I heard this noise. <laughs> I got a lot of notes here, but I don't have that one in front of me, man. I anyway, got a lot of notes here. We usually know really our matters, here. What really matters is ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire, and I may or may not still be crying tears of laughter when we come back to Home and Home, a Radio.com sports original.
Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.